to 10-0, the podcast by Train Like a Gymnast. I'm your host, Danielle Gray. 10-0 brings together gymnasts, former gymnasts, coaches, judges, and gymnastics enthusiasts to delve into deep conversations about behavior, mental state, physical training, personal growth, success, and more, all learned through the sport of gymnastics. Here's what you can expect on today's episode. Today we hear from 2008 U.S. Olympic gymnast Chelsea Memel about how she maintained her identity as a gymnast over the years, how she plans to pass these lessons that she's learned through gymnastics onto her children, her gratitude for the sport, and how she got into peak performance state before competitions. Actually, the night before the competition, I would, you know, visualize the competition start to finish. Because um, obviously, we always knew what event we were going to start on. So that's what I did. I visualized that right before I went to bed. But I just was constantly visualizing my routine. If, you know, if my mind just started to wander, I'd bring it back in with those. But first, a word from our sponsor. Welcome to the 10 podcast uh, by Train Like a Gymnast. And we have today Chelsea Memel. Um, I'm going to give her a little bit of a um, chance to give herself an intro. And we'll get started with our topics for today, talking about identity as a gymnast and lessons learned um, and kind of how gymnastics has had an impact on her life. So welcome, Chelsea. Thank you for hopping on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Wonderful. So if somebody you know, has not heard about you, or maybe they're younger and they don't remember the 2008 Olympics, um, go ahead and tell people kind of like what your background in gymnastics is and what you do now. Um, well, I won't go as far back, but um, both my parents were gymnasts and that's how I got started and, um, you know, progressed all the levels pretty quickly. And I um, made my first world team at 15 in 2003. Um, and we won gold as a team. And then I was co-world champion on bars. And then in 2005, I uh, became world all-round champion, um, which was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah, 2008, I made the Olympic team and we got silver. Awesome. Yeah, I remember that was like exactly when I was in gymnastics. So I remember looking up to you and that entire team. I wanted to be on 2012. So I was like, okay, this is the team before me. So I like, <laughs> I can do this. Um, so how have you maintained your identity as a gymnast over all those years, you know, as well as into retirement? Because you're still very actively involved in gymnastics. You know, how has your identity as a gymnast continued since then? Um, I just, yeah, it's a huge, huge part of my life still. Um, my parents still in the club. I'm there almost every day. Um, you know, coach the girls there. I also judge, um, you know, and judge elites at the highest level, which is, which is a really cool thing to still be involved, um, at that high level as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a part of who I am and it always will be. I love that. Yeah. When you, when you leave, you're like, okay, well, how do I get back into the sport where there's a, is there a way for me? Like, I started judging too, because in coaching and it's just like, you're, you're around it and you have to be around that environment. So how does, yeah, that, I, I never really left. Yeah, that's true. You just kind of like transition into other, you know, you're just not competing. Um, yeah. How does that identity dictate your behavior, whether it be, you know, eating wise or training yourself or kind of like through your mindset and, and how you live your life? Um, I mean, I just, I learned so many good habits from gymnastics that just carry over and you just continue to do. Um, it's sometimes, it's, you know, without even a thought, it's um, 
one of the things is just setting goals, and that was a huge part. The other was time management, just learning how to, you know, either set a schedule or get things done, um, and that's really helpful, um, especially now that I have kids. <laughs> it's a lot harder to stick to a schedule, but, um, you know, I try to have one. Yeah, so, so what does that look like for you? What's your schedule now? Um, now I'm, I'm actually, I've, I've got it really lucky. I'm home with my kids the majority of the day. Um, so we get a lot of time to, you know, hang out here and then I, you know, go and coach, um, in the afternoon and home at night. So, and then, you know, traveling, um, generally for judging. Right, right. Okay. And so what, since you have kids, I know they're fairly young, but what yeah. are those, um, lessons, you know, that, that time management, how are you starting to teach them those lessons now? And, you know, what could you teach them as they get older? Um, so much, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, just, um, you know, when we're in, doing activities or things like that, or, you know, what, even just getting ready, because it takes forever sometimes to get ready and get out of the yeah. house. So when you're trying to kind of direct them, you know, to, to do the things that they need to do to leave. <laughs> um, or so with my four-year-old. Um, but uh, he's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, just trying to stick to schedule like that. Okay, this is when we're leaving. Yep, yep. Yeah, I like from from babysitting too. You try and make it into a game. Okay, who can get dressed the fastest, right? Like that kind of stuff, and just like making it fun and a game and all like that. I think that that helps a lot um, because you know gymnastics is hard. It's not the easiest sport in the world, and a lot of people when they do it, they they break or there's something that that stops them from pushing further. So, I guess in that sense, how did you keep the fun alive in your gymnastics career? Um, I, you know, having things like I'm, I'm especially training, um, with my dad from, you know, starting again when I was 16, he would, you know, play silly games like that, that would just kind of keep us a little bit more motivated. Um, I'm never a big fan of strength and conditioning. And one of the things that we did, <laughs> funny, I know I'm into it more now, but, right? um, Same. yeah, uh, um, uh, we had a really good group of boys and, um, they conditioned with me and they pushed me and it, it, you know, to be so much better than I would have been, I think too, especially with the conditioning. Cause it was like, I'm not going to lose to like, and you know, they're all a few years younger than me. And, um, right. but so that was, that was something huge. So every Saturday, um, they would come in and we'd have a huge conditioning day. So that created a lot of good friendly competition. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I think the competitive nature always sticks around, you know, no matter what, and, and that can help, you know, when it's strength and conditioning, you know, you got to see the light at the end of the tunnel somehow, some way. Um, so how did you get into peak performance for your competitions or, you know, before routine? Like what was your, what was your process to get in that peak state where you knew you could hit? Um, so many things, just, um, the physical shape, that was always the hardest part for me was being in the best physical shape because I'm not naturally slim. Um, so that was always something that I had to work on. Mm. And the best thing for me when I was training was just walking, walking outside or on the treadmill and wow. non super low impact, um, clear my mind. I got to, I read a lot while I was on the treadmill. So that was one thing, especially as I got older, when it got even harder to, yeah. you know, kind of maintain a healthy weight for training. So that was, that was something that really helped me. 
Um, and the other thing, just, you know, numbers and training, obviously. And then I did a lot of mental work going through all of my routines, visualizing them in my head, the perfect routine that I, you know, wanted to do. Yeah. Is that, so would you do that at competitions too? Like when you were actually in the arena, like, would you just walk around type of thing? Would you like, or would you sit in a corner and visualize? Like, how did that apply to Um, day of? A day of, um, well, then actually the night before the competition, I would, you know, visualize the competition start to finish. Um, Because obviously, we always knew what event we were going to start on. So that's what I did. I visualized that right before I went to bed. But I just was constantly visualizing my routine. If, you know, if my mind just started to wander, I'd bring it back in with those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And can you think of a time um, or a moment that you are most grateful for in your entire career? <laughs> That's a hard one. <laughs> it is hard because there's, there's, you know, there's so many moments that right. stick out. Um, one of them t- would just be if finally hear my name announced to making the Olympic team because that was just like that, oh my gosh, all of those years, hard work, setting that goal. Um, and finally hearing your name called um, and achieving that like lifelong dream. Wow. Um, so that was one of the biggest that had just like the biggest impact because it was just like, oh my gosh, I finally did it. Um, yeah. But then it was funny because then the realization then sinks in like, holy crap, I got to go compete. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not done yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got things to do. So did you, yeah. I think I remember watching the 2004 Olympic trials. So how old were you in 2004? 16. You were 16. Okay. Yeah. So you were 20 for the, the 2000, which is a yeah. bit older for, you know, mm-hmm. for the Olympic team, which is mind blowing for gymnastics. So what did you learn from 2004 to not making it? What was, what were those years in between 2004 and 2008? And how did, how did you grow during that time? Uh, a lot. Um, it was, um, you know, the end of 2004, that was just really rough. That was a huge disappointment to get so close um, to making the team. Right? Not, yep, yep, yeah. but not quite there. You know, we went to Athens. We trained um, at their training center, but yeah, it was, it was really tough. And then to have a really high, amazing 2005. Um, yeah. Started off 2006 really well and just had a really bad ending to 2006 with hurting my shoulder. Yeah. Um, and didn't compete at all in 2007. So I, it was lucky for me that I had already gone through somewhat of the process because I yeah. did everything in 2004 right. with my foot injury. But um, it was just, it was nice kind of having gone through that process. And, you know, you just, it was a learning process too, still learning your body because you are a little bit older to train a lot smarter. Right. Um, but yeah and, and those injuries so so how because you know we've got girls who injure themselves or they have previous injuries and and sometimes people can use injuries as an excuse like oh you know I, this just wasn't meant to be or they can they can make it mean something so what did you do i just i just talked to sofina de jesus in the previous episode and she fractured her back um, I think when she was 16 and then she went on, you know, to become an elite and on the UCLA team. So it's like, 
how did you overcome these injuries and not let them stop you and actually make you better? It's hard. Um, but I mean, the biggest underlying thing was how much I love gymnastics. And that was just like the biggest motivator for me. And then on top of that, still wanting to make an Olympic team. So 2006, um, when I tore my shoulder, it was, you know, it, was, it sucked. Rehab sucked, you know, the, yeah. the surgery and, you know, had to regain almost everything back in my arm. I, you know, the, the one of those days that sticks out was being able to, you know, raise my arm over my head again for the first time after the surgery. Mm. I was so excited. <laughs> and then I stepped back and was like, oh my gosh, this is pathetic. I'm excited about raising my arm. Right. And I still just knew how much longer there was to go. Mm. Um, but, you know, I just, I had my goals and I wanted to do that. And, you know, and I also had a great support system and a great team with my surgeon and my physical, physical therapist mm. um, there to help me, you know, get back everything. So, um, and it's trying to stay positive. You know, my parents were huge with that, not letting me, kind of dip into a funk of like oh my gosh like why did this happen and yeah. like it happened and you can choose how you're going to deal with it yeah absolutely you can't change the past and you because you had that very unique that like makes my shoulder hurt um <laughs> <laughs> bar yeah. skill I don't know what it what was yeah. it? it wasn't was it named yeah. after you no no okay no. um but you know that was you did that post surgery and post injury so yeah what was getting that kind of range back? Cause that's just not, you know, that's not just normal human. Cause people say that I'm hypermobile. I'm like, okay, but I need to be able to put my foot like up here. I don't need like the normal person range of flexibility. So how did your physical therapist know that you needed that kind of like extra range? Right. Um, so she's phenomenal. And um, she has been my physical therapist since I was like 10 um, and has learned and knows she continues to learn so much about gymnastics, but she's just phenomenal. So she would come into the gym multiple times to, you know, see me train or watch the videos of the skill that I was like, I was like, I need to do that. So yeah. she would come up with, um, you know, different variations or completely new exercises for me to do. Um, so, you know, that was, that was huge. Um, and it's funny because that skill, um, I was able to do that before some of my release moves. Um, just because oh, there's a lot less force um, yeah. once I had my flexibility than the release move. Wow, that's incredible. And, and totally amazing for her to be able to just customize it in such a way and, and change her practice and, and help you. Um, so if women are trying to get back into that, like find the inner athlete within themselves or Maybe they were a former gymnast and like, okay, my body was best when I was a gymnast. Um, what's your advice for them, how they can find that purpose and enjoy training, you know, like they used to and get that back? Um, I would say it's, it's funny for me because like doing these challenges each week, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you know, look forward to them in some way, but it's, it's, um, having you know my team girls with me and having someone to compete against that really makes a huge difference mm -hmm. and so if you have like someone to train with or someone to help motivate you on those days that you're really you know not feeling it and that's what those girls in my team do for me yes. um and it's funny because I did the the one of the leg lift challenge it was 
the first one that we did was so hard because we did it on, <laughs> I didn't even on try Thursday. It. Yesterday. <laughs> no, we did it yesterday. Oh. And I was like, I, we just videoed this last week and I was like, I can't make it right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But it's so funny how much someone videoing and doing it with one of my girls like makes you yeah. go into like comp- full on competition mode. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say that. Yes. So that totally makes you better. <laughs> I love that. And sometimes like, because it's, it's social media, it's Instagram, it doesn't even have to be in person. Like you could compete against someone, you know, who's, who's doing, you could compete against me, you know, like different challenges against Absolutely. virtually. So yeah, that's what I, I don't try to instill like the competitive per se, but like the empowering and kind of like friendly competition in our program, because yeah you know, these girls are all across. And so when they post their videos of their back handsprings and back tucks and stuff like that is meant to inspire and and say, okay, now it's your turn. Like I challenge you. I love that. Um, the, the last question that I have for you is what does it, and I ask this to everybody is what does it mean to train like a gymnast? Um, I don't know. Gymnasts are just so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, I, just such an amazing sport and you know to be able to train like a gymnast is is just such a fun thing to do um and it's unique it, it, it's you know it's a unique kind of training because you trying to be strong and flexible and you know quick having quick motions too so it's, it's just it's so unique and it's such a cool thing to to be able to train like um and I love that I can still do so much of that kind of training and I've had so many people say, oh, you should get into CrossFit. I'm like, I don't think that would be my thing. And I know so many gymnasts, you know, love it. And, you know, I think that's awesome. But I just feel so much more at home in in a gym. Yeah. Gymnastics gym. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Like, I work at a corporate gym, and tomorrow is my last day. And, you know, we get a free gym membership with working there I think I've maybe worked out there 10 times if that I think it's all it's both on on two hands I just like have to go to a gymnastics gym because like if you do handstands in a regular gym or tumble they're just like oh you're just showing off that's all I know like I know how to train other people like this I just don't that's just not where I feel at home like you said like that's that's my thing well perfect so I guess the last thing um before we sign off would just be how can people find you on social media, get a hold of you? Where, where should they go? Um, I, well, Instagram, I am cmemo23. And Twitter, it's funny because I just did a podcast with Sam not too long ago. I had to look up my own handle. Um, <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> I'm just at cmemo. <laughs> okay, perfect. cmemo23 and cmemo. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. Do you have anything else to say? Um, otherwise, we're we're good for this episode. That's it. Cool. Sounds awesome. Thank awesome. you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening. I know it's late over there. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to bed. <laughs> okay. Good night. <laughs> Thank good night. you, Chelsea. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I know there are hundreds, thousands of podcasts out there, and you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed this episode, there's more coming to you, so be sure to hit subscribe to not miss our next episode. If you're interested in training like a gymnast, go ahead to trainlikeagymnast.com and see if you qualify. Until next time, show the world what you've got.
be outstanding. Thank you.